Um, I think my big shift was probably my freshman year when I college, went, high school, high school, high okay. school. Okay. Um, when it was like during a time after I got cut from my freshman year basketball team, which I totally thought I was going to make and I was down bad and like my friends didn't really like me and my siblings didn't really like me. And I had to like really look myself in the mirror and look at the reality that I'd created for myself, whether I liked it or not. And I think the big thing that stemmed from that, that I didn't like, was how competitive I was. You know, I grew up romanticizing these people who were like the top 1%, the Michael Jordans, and a lot of them are super hyper competitive. And I thought that was what was the best characteristic in somebody, right? Like your will to win. And I admired that and I tried to embody that and it like totally tore a lot of the relationships in my life and a lot of the good things in my life. So freshman year, I think I realized, like I went from externally super competitive to channeling that more towards like internal growth and not being competitive and like cutting down on myself, but you know, just like changing the direction of that engine of trying to be great or be good and rather than try to be uh, great relative to other people, I'm just going to be great for myself. This week on Proof of Concept, we have a continuation of the episode from last week. We continued our conversation with Luke to talk about how to channel your competitiveness, the importance of keeping open time on your schedule to think, and how to become interesting by becoming interested. Luke talked about how he was an an externally competitive person in high school and how he soon became internally competitive as high school went on. He also mentioned how important it is to have time to brainstorm and read new things to become interested in. We wanted to add that a lot of you guys are listening but aren't following. If you want to be notified about our weekly episodes, give us a follow. Also, to help boost us in the search engine rankings and help more young go-getters like yourself discover this community, taking the time to leave a review goes a long way. Thank you and enjoy the show. I wanna. I also. I also want to touch on a little bit. A little bit. Something you said there too. And you were like on these calls with people that are like, oh, like I never thought I'd be like, like on, on the other side of even if it's a camera or a table from them. Yeah. And at least for me, like when I came into college, and I imagine it's the same thing with you. When I came into college, a lot of the people, I I realized how close I was or how easily, how much easier it would be to be in contact with mm. a lot of the people I thought were, were untouchable. Yeah. And, like, just, at least I'm curious for you, um, like, where have you, like, seen that come true? Or maybe, in how, what's the best way to do it? Is it to build a beautiful garden, and then that way there's the proof of concept to be able to say, like, hey, like, like, like kind of like your proof, and, like, like, attracts them that way? Yeah. Or is it maybe just numbers thing of, like, cold DMing, or, like, what, what do you think the best way to get in contact with some of those people are? I think it's a holistic thing, right? It's not just mm-hmm. you do this one trick mm-hmm. and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a few principles that you could use to like guide yourself. Um, number one is a closed mouth that never gets fed. You know, I remember I, I read this book, The Third Door. This guy, Alex Benayan was telling a story about how he had always looked up to Tony Shea. He read his book, Delivering Happiness, and he eventually, you know, met him somewhere and it was a party or something like that. And Tony was pretending to be a a, a magician or a wizard and he would grant people wishes. 
And he goes to Alex and he says, what's your one wish? And Alex goes and shoots his shot. And it's like, I want to be the CEO of Zappos for one day, which is Tony Shea's job. And Tony goes, okay, granted. And he's like, okay, what weeks works for you? He goes, you know, does February 29th work? Alex goes, yeah, that's great. That's my birthday too. It'd be awesome. And Tony goes, okay, let's make it two days then. Your birthday week or your birthday weekend or whatever it is. So he goes and he shadows Tony for two straight days, every single meeting, every single work session, hangs out at his apartment, gets to know his family, and you know, gets pulled aside by this guy who's been working at Zappos for a few years. And he's like, dude, how did you how did you get this? Like I've been wanting to be, you know, in the position that you're in for so long. And, you know, Alex Benign is this nineteen year old, twenty year old kid. And he just goes, I just asked. <laughs> and, and Alex and Alex goes back to Tony and is telling him this about how people were asking him how they got it. And Tony told him that not one person had ever reached out to him and asked if they could shadow him for a day. And I think that story is so representative of um, of reaching out to these people. Is like you'd be surprised at how few people are actually reaching out and are actually trying to build genuine connections. And so. A closed mouth and never gets fed at worst you don't get a response uh, but odds are if you are showing that you are helping yourself right you're showing that you're making steps and you're not just like this kid sitting on the couch praying that the person you're reaching out to will give you all of the answers and do all of the work for you uh, they're probably going to respond if you you know do your research and you share you know you show how you are similar to them right you grew up in the same town or in the same like, you know, part of the weather, and you make a joke about how you know the Midwest winter sucks, <laughs> and you also say that you, you know, like for me, a common touch point is oh, I started a club in, in college just like you, and you find ways to show them that they're more similar to you than than they would expect, and that they can see versions of them, previous selves of them in you, they're much more likely to respond. Um, yeah, if you do like I think those three things, and you just come across in a genuine way. And you also don't ask for too much, right? A lot of times I'll be like, hey, I've got some like questions for you. If you're down for a call, that's awesome. If in a, you know, an async chat, that works awesome as well. Um, you know, and you're not trying to like take a bunch of their time. I think, uh, think you'd be surprised how many people would respond. Yeah. Well, one thing I think I've noticed also is that generally like the people that you look up to, they like kind of like, let's say you look up to someone who's like 10 years older back 10 years ago when they were kind of in your, in your spot, they also had a mentor that they, that kind of guided them. Mm -hmm. So like you said, like them seeing that younger self in you is just them kind of, kind of wanting to like do what their mentor did for them. Cause generally people who have mentors want to also be like a mentor for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of noticed that with like every mentor I've had, it's like they're, they always bring up something that their mentor told them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just really cool to me to see how like the idea of having someone who can like teach you lessons that they, they've already gone through to kind of make sure that you, you can like successfully go through them is, is kind of awesome. Yeah. When you, when you send the one thing it um, about, Oh, like nobody out, nobody asks. Mm -hmm. It like kind of reminds me of, I mean, and similar in theme to the, like I heard something once about how like, like the most beautiful girls never have anyone approach them. Yeah. 
because everybody yeah, thinks somebody else. Seven, you some, gotta be a seven. Not an eight or nine. <laughs> because somebody, everybody thinks somebody else is doing it. Yep. And I definitely think that is the case when it comes to a lot of business stuff too. Yeah. It's you think these people's inboxes are being blown up, and obviously a lot of like the really, really, really big ones. Totally. But a lot of a lot. Why not try? Yeah. The worst thing they could say is no, and then who knows? You go from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Like it just sparked that thought um, in my head. Like I think about it with how like Rohan got Danny Miranda on. Yeah. Like that's awesome. And like that was just like one message, yep. you know. And then another thing I think about in college is the whole how many people are you away from whoever, like everybody in the world. Like totally. what's what's the one rule? Isn't it like you're at seven most people seven away. people away yeah, from like ev- probably you're like three connections away in reality yeah to like people you actually want to get to know and like it's i don't know anybody in india you know <laughs> so it's like that's probably six connections away yeah but hmm. in america it's not that many yeah um i i think about it with at least i think uh one of like who did who did rohan have on like i mean who did recess have on like city khan i think it was not city khan maybe i don't know but he's a host like our future and he's like hung out with elon musk uh, before yes. and i remember sitting down one day and i'm like i'm four people from elon musk bro <laughs> like like that is yeah. that is that's ridiculous and like i think that's another thing like you learn throughout college is like i mean i guess that's how like all of this started is you're not as far as you think you are and why not even try because then you just get to skip all the bypasses of being that far away and you become one away yourself mm-hmm. and that's something like I definitely seem to be true, but how do you? I mean, I, for this is for both of you guys, but how do you find those mentors? What do you think like the best way to do it is? Because in college, another great thing about mentors is they break your frame on what you think is possible, mm-hmm. too. Because you're like, whoa! It's like when you're in the gym with somebody and they throw like three fifteen on the bar, and you're like, wow! Like, yeah, I could be doing so much more. Yeah. So how do you find? Like, what's the best way to go about, like, finding mentors? Ishan, if you have thoughts, uh, thoughts go for it. <laughs> but I also have thoughts. That's my bad. Uh, um, yeah, no. I mean, I'll say something first. But for me, it's more just, like, who are, like, people that I see myself in in the future? Like, mm-hmm. there's someone that five years from now I want to be doing what they're doing or I guess in college it's more like two years from now mm. they're doing something that I want to be doing and like you said it's like reaching out to them that's all it is and I think that's that's the main way honestly um a lot of people say like join clubs join this you don't need, I don't think you need any of that I think it's mm. more just like cold reaching out to them and most of the time generally at least at U of I I think people are very willing to help um Maybe that's because we go to a craft school. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think it's that's, like, the main way to do it. I think if not clubs, you need something. Like, maybe you're not in a ton of clubs, but you have some startup you've been working on mm-hmm. for a really long time. Or you have some proof of something you're passionate about. Yeah, because also showing that you're actually helping yourself. Yeah, and willing to put in <laughs> actually doing, not just talking about totally. it. Totally. But and I, I think that definitely goes a long way. Along that note, I have a few thoughts on like mentors and stuff like that, which is number one, really questioning why you want to talk to that person um, and what your questions are for them. Because I've found 
a lot of the reason that I end up wanting to talk to someone is for the ego of saying that I've talked to this person, which is a really dumb reason to reach out to somebody. Um, and obviously, as that's usually the initial layer, and I can peel that back and actually find real reasons, real questions that I can ask this person that they are uniquely suited to answer because they're similar to me or because they've done this path before um, and uh, they have like actual experiences to talk on. Uh, but I think a lot of time, uh, people just want to reach out to somebody to say that they're connected. And that's like a really dumb way to reach out because then you're not really going to have any like real genuine question to ask when you're chatting with them. And you're also not actually pushing the ball forward to get to the place you want to be because you're not actually answer, asking the questions that are blocking you from getting to that place. You're just feeding your ego. And I think that's a, that's a one big thing is to really figure out why, why do I want to talk to this person? Um, and that can make the conversation that much better. And I think also having a lot of respect for those people's times, right? It, like 30 minutes of somebody's time when they're older, they have kids and they've got this stuff is a lot of, it's a lot to ask. And if you just have the mentality that, oh, this person's my mentor, they're going to help me ask, like, they're going to be like my dad or my mom <laughs> and answer any question that I have, you're going to be sadly mistaken. And that person's going to start to be like, yo, who is this leech who just like keeps asking me to do the work for them? And you're also robbing yourself of actual critical thinking because you're just outsourcing it all to somebody else. Um, and so I think those two things like really go understated. Um, and if you think about it, a lot of the questions that you have, you can probably just, if it's for somebody who's famous, who's created some content and written a lot, you can probably just ask ChatGPT to act like that person and then ask the question. And you're going to save yourself some time and you're going to save that other person some time. And um, yeah, and you're also yeah. going to realize like, oh, wait, my ego is like, was driving most of this and usually ego driven decisions are, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Great. I've definitely seen that to be true with like, when I reflect back on some of the interactions I've had, I'm like, yeah, like the first reason why I wanted to talk to them was solely for the reason to be able to say I talked to them. Mm -hmm. So that, that's interesting. It's something I'm going to have to reflect on later. I remember listening to a heart, like a uh, Hormozy lectured like students at like one point it was like a year ago, so he's super popular, right? And hosted by the teacher. She opens it up to Q&A at the end. And some kids are asking questions. And a lot of them are very, like, oh, you could just kind of, like, find them on the internet. And I think yeah. he, he, like, called them out. He was like, like, why are you guys asking me these questions? Like, this just isn't worth my time. Yeah. And, I mean, he could just sit there and keep answering them. And so he's almost doing them a favor by calling them out for it because... Yeah they're getting 30 minutes to an hour of his time and that's super valuable and for him to say like hey like you guys could find this on the internet what you can't find is questions that you ask me that are either specific to yourself or questions that imply some string of actions after they're answered mm -hmm. and i remember listening i was like doing my job like at the time and i'm like damn i'm like that that's good like asking questions to find out or asking questions to provide you with a more informed framework to like align your actions in the future helps like you're, you're listening so much more attentively.
because what you're gonna do depends on what they say mm-hmm. and i think that that's something i like i remember hearing and i'm like oh like that's like that's good that's good yeah and if you don't know a question to ask then you should probably do a little reflecting inside and figure out where, well, what is actually causing the stress that I think this person can help with. Um, and you can probably answer a lot of like the intro questions yourself. Uh, and maybe you actually realize you don't even need to reach out to them and you need to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like a good exercise. At least it has been for me as I'm like starting to recruit and stuff like that is figure out like, what are the real questions on my mind? You know, I'm like trying to figure out what roles I want to do. It's like, okay, well what I'm not, okay, what roles do I want to do? But, my real question is, well, what does the lifestyle look like? Or does this lifestyle enable these things that I care about in a job? Or does this job enable me to do these things? Is it built for the personality type of somebody who likes to bop and weave between things? Or somebody who is very, very disciplined? Those are the questions that I actually care about. But I didn't even realize that I cared about those questions until I thought to myself, what the fuck am I going to ask this person that I reach out to and really respect their time. You know, it wasn't until I came to that point of writing the email or of preparing for the call that I realized what the real questions were on my mind. And if you don't know what the real questions are on your mind, you're never going to be able to get the answers that you want and make progress going forward. And I think that's like a really great exercise that I've started to do and that other people can do. If you're looking at somebody and you're like, oh, this person's so interesting, but I just don't know what to ask them. That isn't just a basic question of what would you do if you were my age? Yeah, that makes me that's me that makes me think about a little bit about how I reach out to some of the mentors that I kind of look up to. It's like I never thought of it like that. Like why am I actually reaching out to them beyond like a surface level? Obviously, like I'll ask them questions that are more than just like, hey, what should I do? Like, yeah. like how are you supposed to answer that? Like you can't answer that. Totally. Um, but that that's something I need to think about more, um, and it, it it piques my interest. I got to think about that more. Yeah, and I think it's totally normal. Like you want to reach out to them, you want to keep that connection going, and you want to build that relationship. Yeah. And if you do that, and you want to do that, then don't ask for something. Just give. You know, sh- share them an article and give them the two points that you thought they might find interesting, or send them somebody that you may think they want to talk to. Right. Or give something else. Right. That's how great relationships form is when you give more than you get and you never keep score. Um, and so that's what I always think about. I was like, OK, I want to reach out to this person, but I don't know what to ask. Well, maybe I take the work all off their plate and I just send them something. No expectation. Just thought of you. Thought you'd like this. Nothing. That's interesting. Give what you get and never keep score. Yeah. That, that, give more than you get. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, that's like, that's that's gold right there. I love it. I uh, put it on a shirt and a sunset in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a little, nice little quote. Um, one thing that I remember hearing once, or I guess on that same topic is, do you really think if you took an hour to think of potential questions that you wouldn't be able to come up with any? It's like no, you're gonna you're gonna be able to think of some if you're really reflecting that deep about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of I guess the actionables that come out of a lot of the conversation, like this conversation, is just make the time for those things. Yeah, and not being way too busy and like totally. keeping like some open time on your schedule, because 
I, the other day I had breakfast with some real estate professional and it's interesting to see like where, like what the, what your standard is at the time. And it was only the night before that I like really started to like do a ton of research. I had already knew some previous stuff, but I'm like, okay, let me do like a really, really, really deep dive and just see what I could find. Yeah. I ended up seeing that he was on two podcasts and I also saw that I went through like every little thing on his LinkedIn. I'm like, just going on the rabbit hole. Just like where, whatever just like piqued my interest. Like yeah. not even just, it said he was like raised in Michigan. I'm like, yeah, like where in Michigan? And like, where did he go to school? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, cool. He went to MSU. Like, like what was going on at MSU like at the time? And then you just yeah. like, when you get interested in the person rather than the role they're playing, yeah. it could be, you could really find a lot of gems too. And that's a very valuable frame switch that i've had which is hey like view them as a person like we're all humans totally what's your what's the term you always like we're all monkeys like walking on a rock and when you view someone for like the human or the monkey they are it's like oh like they're not just the label of a ceo Mm -hmm. at procter and gamble or like something like that they're like a lot more than that and i feel like that like that can go like a long way too and i feel like you kind of get like lullabied into that trap in college of seeing people for the role and the resume yeah not the person yeah too yeah and it can give you like more confidence going into it and be like more of a normal person too because if you uh if you treat somebody like they're you're a fan of them you're never going to break that relationship but if you treat them like a peer but you treat them with respect right and you come prepared it's not just like you're shooting the shit with a friend you understand that this person's time is valuable and that you are the one who should be probably putting in more work because they are the one who's actually giving you the value, right? Like you don't really have that much to offer. They're the one who's taking the time to give you advice or give you whatever. Um, and it usually ends up like a pretty great conversation and maybe it can go a bunch of different ways, right? Cause you know them as a person, you're interested in them as a person. You're not just siloed into asking professionally related questions, but there is still that heavy undertone of respect and of, uh, uh, of purpose within the conversation um, that I think is really important if you're approaching somebody who's where you want to go. One, one of the, the things we talked about earlier that I wanted to, I wanted to ask a little bit more on, or I like comment a little bit more on, which yeah. is just like charisma and like that trait yeah. as a skill. And I feel like there's like, it's really easy to think, Oh, like he's a super charismatic or like, he really knows how to work a room. He just had that his whole life. Yeah. And it's not really viewed as this thing that you can improve. Totally. So, like, what are some of the benefits of thinking of it as something you can improve? And how can somebody discover all the little tactics and strategies? Like, yeah. putting your arm up on a seat like yeah. this. That, uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, makes you feel a little bit more confident yep. after watching Christmas on Command's course. Yeah. And all of those Imagine little... Kind of hat trick. <laughs> yeah. All those little things that just like slowly add one more penny to the scale like mm-hmm. make make you a little bit better like yeah. how how can somebody discover all of those skills yeah um i think there's a few different ways like yeah. one is a quick story like a lot of people come up to me and it's like oh yeah luke <laughs> you're just like this is a super social guy dude my freshman year of high school literally everyone hated me not everyone <laughs> dude my siblings hated me which is like i guess a little bit normal right yeah. older siblings i'm the youngest kid but like my friends were ditching me, uh, you know, uh, my teachers were like, you know, calling me out and stuff like that. And 
it all came because I was just like a little prick, right? <laughs> and a bunch of different reasons. Uh, but, you know, now I went from that of like this little fucker to somebody who is like a, friends with a bunch of people yeah. and is Could like, you give one little story on like, because we're just using like labels. Like we need to be able to have a little. Oh, man. I mean, I would. Let me think of a story. Of, dude, I mean, I would just try to win every little conversation. Like somebody would say something and I, if it didn't even relate to the point. But if they were wrong about something, I was making sure to call them out. Or if my teacher like, was talking, but I had something funny to say to my buddy, I was going to tell my buddy. And I didn't care if my teacher was talking. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I was just doing things uh, to, I guess, feed my ego, for lack of a better term. Um, I don't, that's not like a specific example, but it like came up all the time. Yeah. Where I was this kid who like, th- like sort of a know-it-all and super hyper-competitive and didn't really understand how to read somebody's emotions and match them and all of these other tiny little skills that you talk about that I have like as a result of being a student of the game accumulated. And now I'm like a complete, like I seem like a completely different person socially because mm-hmm. I've adopted different principles and I've adopted different like tactics um, and learned them and practice them and hone them as an authentic part of who I am. Um, but that's a little side tangent where somebody can learn about this stuff. I mean, the first place I think of, you go to my personal website. I based since I'm a student of the game, I love like curating links to good stuff. And if you go to LukeClancy.me uh, and you go to the influences section and you scroll down to on making meaningful relationships or on talking to people, I have like 10 different articles or podcasts or YouTube videos that I found to be really, really helpful for me. Um, and they're all just there for free. So that would be like the number one place I'd go. Um, and I also think that uh, as you just try to be a student of the game with this stuff, stuff pops up. Yeah. And you learn from other people and you see, you know, uh, how you perform and um, being okay with like damn i fucked that up you know like i'm trying to get good at telling stories and there's like a ton of times like yesterday i was trying to tell this kid the story and i just i mean i fumbled so <laughs> like it was such a bad story and i could tell i could feel myself rambling and not getting to the point and not like making it entertaining but i'm like dude i'm not trying to be a great storyteller now i'm trying to be a great storyteller in the future and I'm not that good right now. And the only way for me to get good is to get these reps in. Yeah. And I'm okay with like sort of eating shit a little bit and embarrassing myself. I'm still coming across with good energy. And, you know, I'm still like interested in stuff like that in this other person. So it's going to be okay. And I might just like flop this one story. But like when I'm 30, you better believe I'm going to kill these stories that I tell. Yeah. Got to get the I'm reps in, man. Yeah. Got to get the reps in. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's where I'd say somebody look. Charisma on Command is also a good one. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People is a really good book. Um, Never Eat Alone is a good book. And if you look at Derek Sivers' website, like S-I-V-E dot R-S, and then you look at his book notes for Never Eat Alone, I think that gives some great tips. Um, Yeah, I don't know. In general, I think it's just like learn, like look it up. Yeah. Watch it. I would also read um, on making genuine connections – 
or something like that. It's on my website, but I just read it yesterday. It was fire. It was really good. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just think uh, when you're a student of the game the, and you're actually actively looking for these things and actively implementing them, it's only a matter of time before you hit, you find the stuff that sticks. I love that phrase, student of the game. We hear we hear the same thing from Will. That's the yeah. That's uh, that's Will's LinkedIn bio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's so funny, bro. Yeah. I. Uh, but I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. A lot of this is just like so, because a lot of it just like so me too. Yeah. I. It's funny. I think about if I was twelve or not twelve. Let's go like thirteen. Let's say I was like listening to something like this. I'd be like, because I was, again, I was like super weird and awkward too. Mm-hmm. Little asterisks as to how my fr- my friends didn't want to, like, if they were hanging out with girls, yeah, like, yeah. we're not bringing Austin. Like, he's <laughs> not coming. He's like, he's going to fumble this for us. Yeah. So very, very awkward, right? And really wanted to change. And maybe I would be, I guess, if I was listening to a conversation like this, I'd be all fired up. Like, okay, I just got to read this book, read that book, go through the courses, you know, study all this stuff. And then I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. And then I never actually fact, like I, I was just always so, I didn't realize it, but I was never doing. Yeah. And I think that's like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing is Mm -hmm. you need to take the risk and be like being willing to like, maybe, okay, let me, let me see if I could really like twirl the story to like really get people going with it. Yeah. Or maybe I'll try to go up to that nine or ten and like see what happens. Yeah. Or maybe I'm gonna go up to that really professional, like whoever that professional is across the room, and just yep. see what happens. And I mean that's like the raw thing is you just gotta do it, mm-hmm. and that's a lot harder truth to swallow. But once you do swallow that, and you like take little, you make little pieces, little wins that you could experience to like mm-hmm. get you to that end goal that you want to get to. I think that's, I mean, that's what did it for me is I'm like, okay, you know, I can't, I can't really tell that story in that group yet, but you know what I can do? I can wear a pink scarf to school <laughs> and then maybe, you know, I'm going to get some weird looks. People are going to comment, but I'm going to build up that, build up that muscle of just not caring. Yeah. And that's step one. Yeah. So I vividly remember on the calendar, pink scarf to school tomorrow <laughs> or the pink scarf. And then the next day I'm like, okay, I got to do something. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to walk into some room I shouldn't be in. And then, like, just immediately exit. So there was, okay, like, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to walk in the girls' bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I, so what ended up, what I ended up doing is I, walk, I walked in. <laughs> my went to the same place. I, my mind went there, too, after I said it. But I just walked into some classroom, like, I wasn't supposed to be in. And then everyone stares at me. And I'm like, and then I just leave. And I'm like. Yeah, like, it wasn't that bad. But yeah. like, it, it was harder to do when I was opening up the door. And then it was just all these like granular wins that like mm-hmm. really help you win on that long time horizon. Yeah. What you want is Luke when you're 30. Yeah, you like change your identity, right? Like you're the type of person who just doesn't care if you walk into the wrong room. Environments help so much with that. Yeah. And that's one of the best things about coming to college. Totally. Is you have this whole new world to create yourself in. And I think that that's... That's one of like the most exciting and also, I guess, for some people, most scary thing about college. Yeah. Spe- speaking of change a little bit, um, this is for both of you. Um, how have you kind of like seen yourself like grand scheme of things? Like if you could split 
like from when you were I'm not going to say from when you were born cuz like no one remembers that <laughs> but like from when you were like 5 6 to like now yeah. if you could split it into like two stages of like you felt like you were this and then there was like you changed and then you were this like what would those two stages of of you kind of be hmm um i think my big shift was probably my freshman year when i college went, high school high school high okay. school okay um when it was like during a time after i got cut from my freshman year basketball team which i totally thought i was gonna make and i was down bad and like my friends didn't really like me and my siblings didn't really like me and i had to like really look myself in the mirror and look at the reality that i'd created for myself whether i liked it or not and I think the big thing that stemmed from that, that I didn't like, was how competitive I was. You know, I grew up romanticizing these people who were like the top 1%, the Michael Jordans. And a lot of them are super hyper competitive. And I thought that was what was the best characteristic in somebody, right? Like your will to win. And I admired that and I tried to embody that. And it like totally tore a lot of the relationships in my life and a lot of the good things in my life. So freshman year... I think I realized, like, I went from externally super competitive to channeling that more towards, like, internal growth and not being competitive and, like, cutting down on myself, but, you know, just, like, changing the direction of that engine of trying to be great or be good and rather than try to be uh, great relative to other people, I'm just going to be great for myself. And I think that has led to, like, at most of the good things in my life now and was a very clear turning point um for me yeah that was a big one i you put a lot of i guess what i had thought into words that i wasn't able to put into words because that was very very similar and like parallel to me too is i'd be up late well, maybe not by that it was like 10 but like it was late back then yeah. you know watching like a goal cast like kobe bryant like 10 rules Classic. for success thing yeah I'd be like, I'm waking up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Like, I'm doing it. You yeah. know, like, I need to do this so to win. And then I'd read, I'd read, I read Can't Hurt Me. I'm like, I need to run, like, 15 miles a week. I need to be at, like, starting shortstop on my baseball team. I need to be lifting, like, five, six days a week. Yeah. I need to be getting A's in every single one of my classes. Totally. And like you said, all of these external things that people considered as wins that you would receive status from. And I mean, I was killing it in them all, but at the same time, that was one of the most like exhausting mm. periods of my life. And I like I, we've talked about this before. It helped build the engine, which was great. And since then, it's been great to be able, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna rephrase that a little bit. So building the engine was super important because, like, with any with anything, wherever I want to go, I need to have a really strong engine, right? But at the same time, in high school, I didn't have the right direction. Hmm. And since I've gotten to college, I've been able to have, I've been able to supply myself with a more complete understanding of how I'm going to get where I want to go, but hmm. also defining where I want to go as well. And I think just meeting so many people at college, like honestly, like through you, like especially, has granted me with that understanding of, okay, how am I going to get there? And what does this whole ecosystem look like? Mm. And I think that that's very valuable. 
so yeah like similar to you i think i changed a ton in high school but also in college like my first two years of high school i've i've had so many friends from home tell me i've changed so much really which is an interesting interesting thing to hear do you feel that too like when someone tell you you've changed you, like it's hard to know how to react yeah I, I feel like most people's perception of that is like when someone tells you you've changed you you think that they mean bad and then you kind of, then and then they might be like oh like i don't mean bad and then and then you're like more intrigued by it mm-hmm. um at least that's the way i kind of have perceived it in the past because like i've gotten that a lot too it's like oh you sorry you've changed and i'm like oh like is that bad mm. um but i think you slowly start to realize yourself that like it's not it's not bad usually yeah yeah it's good changes changes life yeah you know it'd be kind of weird if you were still your 18 year old self yeah i mean there's like the core of you right and i think that's like established when you're two three (laughs) yeah that's what my parents say uh i believe that to be true yeah but how you come across and how you fit within uh the realms of other people like you probably want to be a little bit different right you probably don't have everything figured out and um hopefully you change in a good way my mom always tells me when I was young that uh, so I could like walk and like run like before I actually like what I would do is I we had this couch in my back room and I would just be like walking and running like while holding the couch. So like I wasn't like I didn't really take my full, full, first full steps yet. So my first full steps were like me like like jet, like running across a room because mm-hmm. I'm like I need this to be perfect before I actually do it. Mm-hmm. And when you said that like your core was made when you were that young. Yeah. Like, I see that to be the case, like, so much with myself. Like, yeah. of all those little stories that were, like, I'm so that way still. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see the the change, but around the same center, you know? And I, I think that's something that's it's beautiful in a lot of ways, which yeah. is just life. Yeah, I think you're right. I have, so, I have, like, a similar story with that. I've always been, like, very stubborn. I feel, I still think I'm stubborn, which is not a good thing, but it I'm aware of it. Um, Depends the scenario. Yeah, but so I remember my mom always tells me, so I, when I was getting potty trained, um, <laughs> I don't remember this, but they say it's true. I waited till the day I was three and like, I was aware that it was my birthday, like coming up. It was like my birthday is July 26th. It was like the third week of July or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew how to go to the bathroom my owner and everything. And I told everyone the day I turned three. Like, I'll be potty trained. Like, I'll be potty trained. I'll be fine. The day I turned three. And my mom's, like, freaking out because, like, that fall I had to start um, preschool, I think. And yeah, yeah. you you can't. You, like, you needed to yeah. be potty trained to go to preschool. Yeah. Um, And I told everyone the day I turned three, like, I'll be potty trained. And I had, like, enough going on in my mind that I knew, like, July 26th was my birthday. They celebrated my birthday two days earlier because we were in Vegas with my uncle. Um, and we celebrated on the 24th. And, I t- and my mom... <laughs> And my mom tells me that I told everyone that I'm not three yet, so I'm not potty trained. And the day I turned three, I started going to the bathroom on my own, no diaper, nothing needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like every, like that's the like it's the funny joke in our family that like he's been stubborn since he was little. Mm. Like he's he knew how to he knew how to go to the bathroom on his own yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. time, but he waited till he was three. So <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. That's that's good. That's good. Well, I think okay. What we'll do to like kind of wrap it all up is we talked about a lot, right? But at least for anybody listening, we should lay out a list of actionables of things to implement or 
I guess things to like keep in the back of your head, right? So at least we could like, I guess the biggest one for me that I want to implement this semester and we're all at different stages, right? Maybe you can answer like to the freshman that like is just coming in. Okay. But at least for me, like my sophomore year going forward, biggest thing that I want to focus on is just freeing up time and moving slower. Hmm. And how I guess I put that into place is when I'm ha- asked, like, hey, do you want to be like on this executive board for this or do you want to like trial for it? Really thinking about why I would want to be doing it yeah. and whether or not it actually makes sense for me. Yeah. Or am I just doing this for the resume? Am I doing this because I don't want the person that's asking me to view me in any negative light mm-hmm. and be more conscious of the decisions I'm making and not trying to add too much on my plate? Yeah. So, so be more I, I, wise because wisdom's the understanding of the long-term implications of your decisions. You just think it through a little bit more. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's, I just, I, I got to actually do it because I, all the time I talk about, oh, like, I'm not going to, like, I'm going to do it. Like, going into last semester, I was like, this is going to be this semester. I'll just put my head down two, three things. And the next thing, I'm rushing a business fraternity. I'm on two executive boards for stuff and then yeah. have a part-time job. It's like, Austin, bro, like, what did we do? What are we yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was good about that is it left a sour taste in my mouth yeah. of like, hey, look at what we just did. We don't want this to happen again. Yep. And aversion is so strong in your mind that going into this semester, I'm just, it makes the decisions a lot easier to turn down. Yeah. Or at least think about them more, more, more through. Yeah. yeah. So I think mine's like kind of similar. My like my big thing this semester is like doing less better. I feel like last semester I did so much that it was like I just wasn't making the right commitments and enough of a commitment to like anything I was doing. It was like I was mm. giving 75% to everything and 100% to nothing. Yeah. And at that point it was like what am I doing right? Like nothing not even right. Like what am I doing like great? None not nothing I was doing was great. Um, aside from school, I think I did well in school, but, um, everything else I was doing was just like 75%. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back on that, I'm like, I wish I kind of just did like two of those things and I did them at like 110% so that I could actually look back on them and learn from it and gotten like the full experience from all those things. And I mean, this semester, my like way to kind of do that has just been like, saying no and yes so like saying no to some of the things that people call like right which is like joining all these clubs like being mm-hmm. being in all these like leadership positions and then saying yes to like for me it's like the things that allow you to kind of live in the present which is like going to like fun things that you wouldn't normally do like by fun i mean like, not like cam's line like going to like <laughs> random things that are going on just yeah. like cool different things that are happening on like a random Thursday night or whatever it might be just like saying yes to the right things mm-hmm. more often. And I mean, yeah, we'll see how that goes at the end of this semester, but we'll hold each other accountable. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see each other at least two, three times a week. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah. I so. like that. Yeah. That's great. I got, I got one for myself and one for, I guess the young freshman. Yeah. Um, for the young freshman. I would recommend being the most interested person in the room at all times. If you're the most interested person in the room, the questions will come easily. If you're the most interested in the person in the room, you're going to make more friends. If you're the most interested person in the room, more good things will happen to you. Uh, Don't worry about being the most interesting person there. um, Because 
that doesn't matter as much as uh, being interested in other people does. And if you're interested in enough things for long enough, you're going to be the most interesting man in the world. You know, <laughs> like you don't become interesting without becoming interested in something else. So that's what I would recommend. And also just being a, a student of the game. You know, if you recognize I'm not very good at talking to people, well, look up how to talk to people, how to get better <laughs> at it. And find places that are high signal with good reviews. You can go to my website and find those resources or find stuff, stuff on your own. And then create a system to hold yourself accountable. You know, like for me, it was, uh, you know, anytime anybody asked me how my break was or what I've been up to, I say anything but good. You know, like that charisma command thing. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I just, I'll try to tell a story or I'll say something random and sometimes I'll hesitate and sometimes it won't be good. But I know every single day I'm going to get reps in at like storytelling and this thing I want to get better at that I'm not that good at within like my conversationalist game. And then for me, I want to really, really leverage the student card and just... Before it expires. Yeah, before it expires, you know, reach out to the people that I don't really have business talking to and find a reason that I do have business talking to them and get their empathy as a student and just build like a really genuine connection and try my best to get used to the failure that will inevitably come when a lot of those people don't respond to me. Because right now I have like a solid hit rate, but I can still feel myself hesitating to send it to somebody or waiting for the right moment or waiting to do more research or waiting, finding an excuse to not just put myself out there. And so I want to be like really, really, really have a high bias for action for doing that and trust that the right job will present itself and then all these other opportunities will come as well. Uh, but yeah, that's like my goal for this semester. I have one more question because I'm yeah. curious. Do you do you ever set goals that are like, you know how like when we were young, you're taught to like set those smart goals? Yeah. Like specific, measurable, totally. actionable. Well, I don't remember the, oh, I don't Realistic and time, whatever. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's the best way to go? Or do you think it's to try to seek to define enough whys to be motivated to just to to want to do it for the sake of doing it? Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd say it's probably different for everybody and it's definitely been different for me throughout uh, yeah. each semester. And as I've grown, um, I would bias towards uh, referencing Atomic Habits if you're going to refer to anything goal setting wise because it's a great book mm -hmm. or just James Clear's newsletter and his articles are really, really good that can help you form your own answer. But for me right now, I, uh, I try to not set big goals and instead I just treat goals as a means to create a system that will lead to good outcomes. So I'll set smart systems. You know, for example, it's like send three DMs or cold emails every single day and just do that and just trust that if I send enough inputs, it'll work out well. Maybe some of those emails suck and I won't get a response. But it's about building that muscle of like, oh, it's sending three a day is super easy. And then I can up it to five or maybe I'll keep it at three. But by the end of the semester, that's going to be hundreds, hundreds of things sent out. Um, and so rather than having the goal at the end of like send 500 mm -hmm. in a semester, it's just my goal is to like use the student access card and look back at the semester and be like, yeah, I really did exhaust it. And um, that 
then I back into, okay, how can I do that? Well, a sustainable system is three a day. And it'll be really specific and measurable so that I can actually hold myself accountable. And I'll do that with all the different pillars in my life. And that's how I usually go about it. Yeah, I, I like that. Like measuring the inputs rather than the outputs. Mm-hmm. Because if you tether your emotions to the outputs, who knows what will happen. Yep. But if you, you can control the inputs, which is, I mean, super cliche. But yeah, I mean, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Yeah. Think on these things and essentialism in the background. Great additions. Um, but yeah, I will right, we'll wrap it up here. And thank you. And for everybody listening, have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it may be. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go at like the thank you. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, boys. I appreciate you having me on. If anybody's interested in connecting with me uh, or seeing some of the cool stuff that I learn, I send out a newsletter every single Friday um, and all the information that you would need to contact me or just learn about the things that I've learned is at my website, which is just LukeClancy.me. Sick. Sick. Peace. Yes.